Hey, once again, I'm Pastor Jamie at Cornerstone Church. We're here with another edition of Ask, where you ask the questions, and we try to give you the best biblical answers we can. Today is yoga, a dark spiritual practice. What's the deal with that? And a couple of other good questions as well. So stay tuned on this edition of Ask. Welcome back. Again, I'm Jamie, and uh, this is uh, we're going to answer three questions in this edition of Ask. But uh, if you want to get your question answered about the Bible, life, God, whatever, something in that realm, uh, just go to our website, cornerstonebv.org, where it's a great website. You can look at a lot of different resources and sign up for a church gathering this weekend. But also, um, you can submit your question to ask. So you just go to the media page, drop down, click ask, and then submit your question. Leave your name or don't. It's up to you. And most don't, so that's fine. And then, uh, you know, it'll probably take a few weeks, but we'll try to get it answered at some point in the future. And so be patient and watch all the episodes and wait for your question. All right, first question, we've actually answered this one before, but it is a really good question. Um, is the exercise in or practice of yoga considered dark, in quotes? Can Christians use yoga as a form of exercise? Um, well, can you? You, you can. Um, should you? Different question, right? So. I've always been very clear, um, yoga, um, let me just read from you. Uh, if you've been with us now a number of years, I can't remember how long ago that was, I did a six part sermon series on the occult. Um, and uh, yoga is part of that. And, and so we went into a lot of detail on that. I'll probably be bringing that back up in some form um, because it's the most prevalent religious or spiritual belief in our current culture. Uh, so. You know, to, it, it just, it's permeating all different walks of life. Uh, and this has been going on since really the 60s and 70s, um, but even more so it's ramped up in what we call postmodernism. Modernism was where we threw religion out and said only science, 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 right? And then that never worked for anybody because we all just have it in us. Like we just know there's more than just flesh and blood. We're gonna die and that's it. Uh, so now we're in post-modern era where everyone wants to be spiritual, but they don't want accountability. They don't want there to be an actual God that that's the true God. It can be whatever works for me works for you. Uh, so that's post-modernism. There's more to it than that, of course. But that kind of gives you in a nutshell what it is. And so the, these type of occultic practices really fit in well with that kind of uh, belief. Um, they're practical and they're for you and you use them how you want and they're all different kinds of, of ways. And so that's why they're so accepted in different parts of society. Yoga uh, has been marketed from Eastern religious beliefs, uh, Hinduistic to be honest, to, to be clear, but um, they've been marketed towards us with things like yoga and, and calling it something else. Um, but let me just read for you. What is yoga? Yoga is a word tossed about so casually today in the West. Uh, it's an umbrella term for many types of yoga. Uh, it's an integral part of the Hindu belief and practice. All forms of yoga are part of a serious systematic spiritual path in Hinduism designed to lead one to realization of the self as divine and to bypass the mind in order to yoke with Brahman the absolute. The yoga most practiced by Christians is Hatha yoga. I think I'm saying that right. The poses themselves are often depictions of Hindu deities and the hand positions mimic the hand positions seen in the statues of Hindu gods. These hand positions are called mudras, mudras that are taught, thought to help manipulate and channel prana as supposed divine force or breath of the universe. So many more avenues I could take with all of that, but your question is specific about yoga. So anything that tries to get uses chakras and energy stones and trying to tap into the universe to gain energy, uh, Reiki, 
those types of things. These all can potentially have spiritual power, but they are dark spiritual power. This is not God. Um, so that leads you to the question, well, what if I'm just doing yoga, I'm getting some exercise, I'm stretching, I'm, I'm, I'm breathing. Um, I understand the health aspects of stretching and breathing and exercising, right? I totally do. And I think that's good for a Christian to stretch and breathe and, and exercise and meditate and all of that. Um, but not in the form of yoga. It is, unless you want to form, if you want to do things that are what I just described, because you can Google this yourself. This isn't, this is a fact. This isn't my opinion. This is what yoga is, okay? This is what it was derived from. This is where it was from. I don't really understand why it's such a debate. I'll even hear pastors I respect sort of say, ah, oh, it's probably okay if you do yoga, and I just don't get it. I really don't. And maybe we're just afraid to say something that a lot of people would get upset about. But I just gotta be clear, I think it's a dangerous practice. I think there's a lot of other ways you can get exercise, breathe, and meditate, um, and, and all that are much healthier, and we could help you with that. Um, but I really think, again, if you're not a Christian yet, fine. I, I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're, you're Satan or anything like that. What I'm saying is if you truly wanna follow Jesus Christ, him alone, yoga shouldn't be part of your life, okay? All right, good. Well, send insults and uh, comments to Steve Dion at, uh, what's your, <laughs> uh, second question. Did Jesus weep when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? If so, why? Uh, yes, uh, it says in Luke 19, and when he drew near and saw the city, this is after he entered the city, he wept over it saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day that things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you and your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground. You and your children within you, they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. So Jesus wept um, because he's a long-awaited Messiah and he came to town and he knew that the vast majority of Jerusalem, including the people that were laying palm branches and saying Hosanna in the highest, um, they, they were looking for something different. And so he knew they were missing him. They were missing him. Um, and so he wept over that because he knew what that, that was gonna bring. Now, where was that immediately fulfilled? 70 AD, uh, the Romans came because there was a Jewish rebellion and they just destroyed the temple, destroyed the city. And Jesus predicted that in, in a few different places in his life, this being one of them. This was all gonna come place in just a few short decades from when Jesus did this. But it also kind of is a precursor to the end, right? That, that um, when you miss the appearing of Jesus Christ, when you miss all that he brings you, that ultimately your life is in ruins and destruction. And this is not something that Jesus laughs at or takes pleasure in. This is something he weeps over, especially God's people, the Jews, who he is the Messiah that God sent his people. And to miss it is something for Jesus to weep over. Okay. Um, Last question for this episode. Should we primarily be skeptical of healing miracles in the present day? Or maybe should we be seeking to perform them for others more often? Perform them. Woo. No, I, I know that's not right. Um, but it does lead us to, to use the term performance is when I think we should be skeptical, okay? So let me divide it between, when you talk about, first of all, uh, let me divide it in a couple of ways. Back up. When we say healing, that's to perform a healing miracle is different than praying vigorously to the Lord for healing. That is clear we should do. James says, call your elders, pray over you, anoint you with oil when you're sick, right? Pray, 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 heart's content for healing. No issue with that at all. But be content with the fact that there is times where, Jesus, where God will not answer that prayer in the way you want to. He will say no. 
but other times he will. So we're absolutely called to pray for healing of all different sorts. But that's not what this is. A miracle of healing is when you see in the Bible what Jesus tells a crippled person to, to get up, a deaf person to hear, a blind person to see, a dead person to, to be raised. Um, but then even beyond that, his apostles did the same thing. You read the book of Acts where they performed miracles, okay? So that, that's the first dividing line. The second is today's day. You have your sort of pastors that hold conferences and charge you money, uh, false pastors like Benny Hinn. He's one of the most prominent ones. Um, his own son has come out and said he's a crook, and he is. Uh, so you go there, pay money. That You shouldn't just be skeptical. You should be, you know, completely dubious and stay away from, okay? But... Does that mean it can never happen? I, I cannot say that. Um, there are some that do that say, hey, that was for the apostolic age. We have the word of God because you see those healings were always confirmation of the message. It was never about being healed. It's about the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And so why would you believe Jesus? Well, look what he can do. Why would you believe um, the, the apostles? Well, wow, look at what Peter did. Look what you know uh, Paul did and, and you see these amazing miracles taking place, then they share the gospel, it's believable. So some say, hey, it was for that age, we have the word of God now, you don't need to see these miracles. Um, I'm not sure, the Bible doesn't say that, so I can't go there. Uh, do I think that potentially that it comes about somebody somewhere where they're preaching the gospel and they're truthful and they're God's servant and man, God puts it upon them to, to heal someone, uh, that, that can happen? Should I be skeptical of that? No, why, why would I? If I meet someone that says, hey, I was crippled, this guy came and he just shared the gospel with me and he said, be healed in the name of Jesus and I was, am I gonna just say, I don't believe that? No, because I believe God can absolutely do that. Um, now, if I find out two years later that he was completely lying to me, okay, he was lying. I don't really see why I need to live my life skeptically, right? I'm skeptical of the Benny Hinn types who are charging you money and manipulating you and, 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 and tearing you from the gospel. But if somebody is sharing the good news of Christ and God has used them to do that, fine. However, should you or I be performing this or seeking to perform that, be very hesitant to do that unless um, you know God overwhelmingly gives you that somehow. And let me know if that happens. I'd love to see how that works. Um, but I don't think you should be going out and trying it at all. Just stick to praying for healing, for that is what God has called us to do, okay? All right, that's been it on this edition of Ask. We'll see you next week, and uh, hopefully we'll see you this weekend as well at one of our three gatherings, and uh, God bless. We'll see you soon.